Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Men's Advocate Show with me, your host, Linda Gross. I am wired and excited to tell you about today's show. We're going to be asking the question, is marriage dead? (laughs) Before we get into that question, uh, let's turn to those of you who might have missed last week's show. We, We were talking about how to adult. It's time to grow the F up. Um, you just don't become an adult when you turn 18. Adulting is a process. Do you ever notice that when you encounter resistance or a trigger, we snap right back into our childhood? We get stuck in old behaviors, not because they work, but rather because it's a familiar old habit. So join my guest from last week, John Kim, who is the angry therapist to talk about how to adult. All right. So if you missed it, you can listen to um, my archive shows on my mobile app for iPhone as well as Android users. Uh, in the event that you haven't d- downloaded the app, do so because you can listen live. You can do one-touch calling into the show. And, of course, you can listen to this show and any and all of the archive show um, at your convenience. If you haven't downloaded the uh, app, you can also hear us on TuneIn and SoundCloud. All right, so today's topic, is marriage dead? Is marriage just not a fair proposition for today's men? Do men have way more options to get involved with somebody today than his father's generation? Well, Let's find out. Um, by the way, I want to do a shout-out to Holton in Chicago for recommending this topic. Um, you also can, if you have a great topic idea or you want me to interview a particular guest, feel free to reach out to me. I do read all my mail. Uh, the best way to do so is to contact me on my Facebook private message Easy to find me on Facebook if you haven't already liked my page. Um, Same name as the show, The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. That's Facebook, The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. And I'll be happy to entertain your questions and comments. All right. All right. So why do we think young Americans are withdrawing from marriage? Well, It's because it's much easier for men to find sexual satisfaction outside of marriage these days. Now, this was formerly the number one reason why men married. Back in the day, you had most men had to marry um, in order to get sex unless maybe they had a mistress on the side or they visited the you know the red light district you know in the other area the other side of town. Um, those you were kind of you kind of had limited options. Now the options are so plentiful that you know men can get sex in a variety of different ways. They don't need to marry, so that 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 reason is you know striked off the list, stricken off the list. All right, I want to welcome to our show uh, Joe, who is um, the host of the Men's Advocate East. By the way, no affiliation with my program, but he also has a podcast and a website, so you can listen to him on his show as well. Uh, welcome, Joe, to the show. Um, so you had a couple of comments on, on this topic. Yes, well, I didn't... Uh... You know, like I said, uh, do you have a two-hour show tonight? Because <laughs> there's so many reasons. And, and I, you know, we can comment uh, as well as, uh, you know, people falling away from religious beliefs. But uh, definitely, uh, that, that has definitely become predominant in our society today, but also within society and, and, and no-fault divorce and just the uh, lack of commitment, the uh, third-wave feminism. There's, there's just so many different uh, reasons and ways to look at it, uh, why men are just no longer willing to write that check against themselves uh, in the marriage anymore. A- absolutely. And unfortunately, the family courts and, you know, the divorce system really hasn't caught up with the times you know, the divorce laws were written, I think, way back in the 40s and 50s when most women didn't work. So, you know, there were uh, 
occasionally that woman who maybe stopped her career or didn't pursue an education to help her husband become a professional and be the breadwinner. And that's where those laws were created, that it's 50-50, you know, in the event that the divorce is terminated. But, you know, that certainly isn't the case today. Um, over 70% of women are in the workforce and they are earning money. They might not be earning as much money as the man, but they are earning money. So, you know, it's a big challenge to rewrite those laws, but I, I certainly think it's time, you know, where it's, it is more balanced. Well, definitely, and I think, like, also when no-fault divorce came along, we only went part of the way with what needed to be changed. I mean, not every scenario is looked at, you know. I mean, you come up with no-fault divorce, Somebody says, oh, well, I'm not happy, and all of a sudden the guy's looking at losing half or more of his things. And then on top of that, if there's children involved in, in a divorce, uh, you know, like as in my case, when I got custody of my children, which is kind of rare for men, their mother just had to show up to court and say, I'm their mother, they should go with me. And then they say, well, you're the father, why do you want custody? And I had to jump through hoops of fire to prove why I wanted custody. Right. It certainly is not balanced or or in any way equal. So, yeah, I appreciate your efforts because you shine a light to other men on how it can be done. Um, and I love hearing success stories because, really, uh, most men today they're behind the eight ball. They're they're really not <laughs> they're really not playing with the full deck, are they? I mean, they're really you know at a severe disadvantage when they go to court. So. You know, like you say, you have to jump through a lot of hoops to even make it balanced, to even make it equal, let alone win at it. Yes, I mean, you know, most men, and they, they hear stories or they're told the, the deck is stacked so hard against them that a lot of men aren't even willing to put in that effort when they're faced with divorce. They just say, you know, I just want to get it done. <clears throat> I want to be done with it and, and, and get out of this. And, and you know... They're not even looking at the avenue of, hey, you know, I need to fight. I need to make my case more known to my attorney. But, but it is. It's, it's a scary thing. And it, 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 it kind of slapped me in the face when I'm standing there in family court and, you know, facing my attorney and the judge and everything. And I, I'm standing there and, and, you know, there's the possibility that I could lose everything or a lot of everything that I have worked for. And I just, I think men are seeking out other avenues, uh, as you say, maybe red light district or whatever, and it's, it's, it's easier for men to have access to sex, that men are saying, well, you know, kind of the uh, mentality of why buy the cow when you can get the milk for free. <laughs> so, right. I mean, it's a bad way to put it, but it, nobody is willing to write that check against themselves anymore, especially with society today how you know kind of the narrative is you know men are bad men are you know they're they're misogynist they're they're uh hate women and and then we've got this third wave of feminism that's just hating on men and i don't think guys are willing to tie into that anymore absolutely and you know back in the day that got our fathers and grandfathers had to go to the red light district now you can have a red light district right in your own bedroom one of the fastest growing markets in the adult world is um, what do they call these these plastic blow up dolls, whatever? And the artificial intelligence has advanced so <laughs> with leaps and bounds that it really is like doing it with an actual girl. I mean, the technology is so out there now that why bother with the real thing when you can have IE fill in for you? Yeah, I think exactly. it's, I think it's I called the Samantha like doll or something like that. But, I mean, it's been taking hold in Japan for, uh, you know, at least a good five years before us. I mean, Japanese men, for some reason, have just pretty much stopped having sex altogether, um, you know, with a human. But, boy, they've taken a liking to those dolls. <laughs> yes, and, and, and that's the thing. I think they called that, like, the herbivore movement in Japan. And, and basically... <laughs> I mean, basically, you know, anything that, okay, somebody's going to innovate something, there has to be a demand for it. So yeah. what's causing that 
man, and that demand is caused by men just having an opportunity to lose everything or more than half of what they worked for and, and, and just the struggles within the marriage. And, and it's just so easy, especially in the United States, you know, with no-fault divorce, somebody can say, well, I'm not happy, and that's it. You're, you're done. Right. Now, do you think a man who is yet unmarried, do you think they're listening more to the men who have walked down that divorce road? Like someone such as yourself, if you were to, you know, go to the gym or go to a barbecue party or something like that, and if you were telling some of your stories at this party to someone who's yet unmarried, do you think young men today are listening more, or do you think they're just following their own drummer and they're just going to do whatever they're going to do and if they need to get burned on their own time they will that they're not listening to other people's stories well i i still think you have a mix of it there are people that you know any man that i run into or talk to or somebody tells me their situation say well you know just be careful be sure of yourself be sure of what you're doing because let me explain to you what happened to me and go through the details now there's guys that i know that they went and got married anyway, and there's people that they're happy with a cohabitation-type situation where, you know, there's no uh, actual marriage license. They just cohabitate with someone. And I think within the last 30, 35, 40 years, with it, these type of incidents happening where, where men are watching other men just get raked over the coals, they're starting to pick up on that, and they're starting to hear a lot of these stories from other men. And as we talked about, like in Japan, where there's a demand for something to be replaced, it's not going to maybe cost you as much, and obviously there's going to be a need to fill that demand. Absolutely. One thing that they could change with the existing laws, they wouldn't have to, like, you know, spend five years in court with changing laws, but with the existing laws, why don't they at least disclose what the law is? Like, in other words, let's say you go down to the county clerk's office and you throw down your $24, you're going to apply for a marriage license, right? When you do that, why aren't they giving you a sheet of eight pages of paperwork that says, this is how this all works? Why don't they disclose well, to you what the law is and how it works? That I find really wrong. Well, I, I agree with you completely on that one, Linda. I mean, but, you know, attorneys need money. So, <laughs> you know, they, they need, that's a business, you know. And, and honestly, I agree with you. Maybe there should be at least information or counseling. Um, you know, the two people that considering marriage maybe need to go to counselor and discuss all different directions that things could go where it might cause a serious uh, disagreement in the marriage and it could cause to the you know be the cause to the end of the marriage and work those things out before you get married but you know people just jump right into it and then they get burned and and that's it for them you know they they're really hesitant to uh, uh, write another check against themselves yeah I agree. I had to go through uh, counseling when I got married, and just between you and me, it was a complete joke. I mean, there was nothing that was brought up that was of any sort of value. There was nothing that was brought up that would hinder the marriage in any way or bring up even a discussion of, like, where the two of us weren't on the same page. I mean, they just, uh, you know, the, the minister involved just wanted to, you know, check off his list and say that he did the sessions, and, and away he went. There, You know, he was not diving into anything more than just the fluff stuff. Well, that's, that's the thing, too. It all depends on who's giving you the information, how, how much, you know, they are willing to take the time to really take an interest. And in. there's, there's just so many scenarios, and, and that has to be approached by the person. You know, what the, they have to have the interest in the couple that wants to get married or it's, it's, it's not going to do you any good. And as a matter of fact, you talk about counseling. When I was going through my divorce uh, counseling, that we had to go to counseling, myself mm -hmm. and my children, and that, it was it was the same way. It was the marriage was already done, the ex-wife she was out of state, and it was it was a complete joke. I said, you know, just I want to be here and get my hours in. 
that people were just rambling on with just not important stuff. I'm like, you know, this isn't helping now. And something even before marriage, I doubt would help just because of the person I've been married to. Right. Right. So is it your recommendation that since, uh, you know, the marriage contract technically is a legal document, should they get legal counseling before they get get hitched? Well, and we had this discussion earlier today, a prenuptial agreement is definitely, in my eyes, would be a manda- mandatory thing for any couple. And then on top of that, you still have the, you have the, that has the opportunity of being removed or, or thrown out in court, where you still might not be able to be held to that prenuptial agreement. And a guy oh. has to realize that. Oh, the prenups are, are a complete joke unless you know the ins and outs and you know everything about them and do it the correct way. Uh, there's a lot of ways to do a prenup wrong. So you're, you're going to sign, you know, prenups thinking that, oh, in 10 years from now, this is going to hold, hold up, but it doesn't hold up. So, for example, one, one example is both parties need an individual attorney. So if you get one of the, the couple saying, you know, it's okay, Joe, I trust you. I don't need to hire my own attorney. I'm just going to go listen in on the talk that your attorney gives. No, that's not allowed. The prenup's going to get thrown out because they might say that you were swayed by your spouse. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even if one of the attorneys draws up the document, there has to be another attorney involved representing the other party to at least review that and say, well, this needs to be fixed, that needs to be changed, and we need to discuss that outside of the other party to make sure that you're agreeable to this as well. I would say that that at the very minimum. Right. And another condition is, another condition that will help your case, help the prenup stand up, is to get a psychological evaluation. Because, you know, like I say, 10 years from now, you don't want it to get thrown out because, oh, she was under duress. She didn't know what she was signing. Or, you know, you you forced her to sign this document or whatever. Um, so, you know, to get a psyche valve that shows that I am of sound, you know, mind and I know what I, I've been counseled legally on what the document uh, says and represents and I am not under arrest and I'm signing this document on my own volition you know, blah, blah, blah. But that also will help your case. So, um, yeah, they, they can use that. You know, oh, you know, she was under duress. Boom, they throw it out. So meanwhile, yeah. you've now spent $5,000, $10,000 on a piece of paper that's worthless. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> there's just so much that can, there's just so many variables. And then, like I said, here comes this other market with uh, easy access to sex and sex stuff. So it's like, why go through all that? You know, I just, it's just so easy to get one thing without the other and, and not risk yourself. And I think that's why we're having this issue with men turning away from marriage, that they just don't feel it's, it's, it's a worthy investment most of the time. Yeah. I don't know if you saw that movie a few years ago, maybe like five years ago. It was called Her. And it was about this uh, young lady who was, like an artificial intelligence type of, it wasn't a doll, but it was something that he accessed from his computer. And with more time, that IE learned your behaviors and learned, you know, what turned you on and what you like and what you don't like and what you responded to. I mean, they're, they're um, you know, micromanaging every second of your interaction well, shoot, who wouldn't want a doll like that? Who wouldn't want an entity that is like that, whether it's a computer-generated, i.e., or act, in this case, an actual doll, to, like, know your every move? I mean, there's no way you can teach all that to a human being. So <laughs> I see why this, this is really taking off and, and becoming so popular. Oh, well, sure. I mean, it's, it's that, that situation right there, it's, it's one thing catering to one person's needs, without the other person have to really participate. And it's, you know, in a relationship, it takes two people catering to each other's needs. Yeah, absolutely. 
Wow, a lot of issues here. So um, I agree with you also on the following falling away from religious beliefs. I think, um, you know, I think marriage was invented, you know, by the church for the sole purpose of the community didn't want to pay for the wife and children in the event that the marriage didn't work out. So rather than having society take on that financial burden, you know, they invented this entity called marriage that the, you know, that the husband should take on that financial burden. So, yeah, when you have less and less people believing in the major religions, you've now taken that out of the equation. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, marriage is kind of a way to keep, you know, that you want to kind of, I, from my understanding, you want to civilize and they want to keep everything organized and try to get people to stay together to, as you say, raise the children and then... As we get away from that, and like I said, laws change, like you had no-fault divorce, and as you said earlier, like, you know, laws are written, they're not considered too well. Well, when you make no-fault divorce, we need to go back and say, okay, well, you can file for no-fault divorce, but at the same time, you're going to leave with what you came in with. You're not taking things that you haven't worked for. I mean, we haven't really, people haven't really sat down and evaluated the laws that we have pertaining. We just want to make it beneficial for one party or the other, and it's just it's not not to say unfair, but just unjust for one one party, and and nobody wants to be the victim of that. Right. I think if we really took uh, took it under a microscope to say, okay, you're only leaving the marriage with what you you know came to the table with and or what you brought to the marriage, then women would really have to do a serious evaluation of you know is marriage for me? Like today's topic is we're talking it. Um, about marriage from a male point of view as to why the males don't want to get married. But if you really put the women to a test, like what you're saying, then who's going to get married if they don't qualify? Which woman is going to get married if they don't qualify to marry? You know what I'm saying? Well, sure, but also it's... In other words, it will make the women retract from marriage. Oh, well, yeah, absolutely, but... Also, how many women or men, even men, going in into marriage today with the the effort or the passion to make the marriage succeed? That they're going to build something together. That that that's their ultimate goal. That they're going to build something together. I mean, marriage divorce rates are getting so high and everything. Obviously, people aren't going into marriage for the right reasons. If this is happening, and if if all the sex and everything else is so easily accessible what, what's what's the point why are you getting you know why are you getting married is are you really committed to building something together because if it was i think for me honestly if it's a fair it's if it's fair for both parties let's say if they changed the laws and made no fault okay you want to file for no fault divorce you walk away with what you came in with well that's fine i don't plan on leaving i plan on staying and building something together I think the, that way you know the marriage is going to be more honest to begin with. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, that's just my, that's you know, just I, my think, I think that there's a little bit of a catch-22 here. The problem that I see is that if you hold women accountable, I agree with what you're saying, and in theory, that's how it should work. But I think if you hold women accountable and they know, women know that they can't be held accountable or they don't want to be held accountable, then you're going to have both parties who are not marrying. And then the detriment to that is everybody's having sex, they're producing children without the benefit of marriage, and now you've denied that child from having a two-parent home, which is, in my view, is the best way to raise the child. So, and, and then you couple that with, you know, a lot of these, you know, actresses and celebrities these days, they're having children out of wedlock that, oh, yeah, that's perfectly fine. There's no problem there. I can swing it all. I can be both the mommy and the daddy. It is not, it's not fine by me. And it's, it's detrimental to the children. Yeah, I, I do. And I agree with you there, Linda. It's just how are we going to get both parties willing to 
want to get into marriage because I absolutely agree. My my daughters don't have near the female the female role model influence in their life. They just have me, and mm-hmm. I've I've always worried about that. And and I think and there are statistics to say a two parent home is better. So I absolutely agree. We have to try to maybe figure out what's going to make both parties, male and female, want to be interested in marriage again and actually be committed to the marriage. Right. I think we've gotten so far away from commitment. What's hap- what's common and happening today is the opposite of that. Everyone is just being selfish. Well, you can't be in a relationship if it's just one party's needs and wants and desires. You know what I'm saying? So they're not coming, uh, they're not coming together in the expression of unity, they're coming together with, oh, I'm just going to be selfish. I'm just going to have my way with regard to sex or finances or kids or whatever it is. And meanwhile, the losers in all this are the children. Oh, you know, your, the parents' selfish act negatively affects, you know, the child that hasn't even been born yet. But, you know, it's, it's just horrendously selfish on all accounts. And you're right. We've got to find ways to bring unity that you're actually working together to build something rather than acting from, you know, this immediate gra- gratification state of being that we're in. Yes, absolutely. We, we do have to do that. We have to work on it. And as you say, one person can't, you know, it's, it, if you're selfish, you are damaging the child. You're damaging the child or children in, in, in that relationship because they have to witness it. They have to suffer through it. All, all these things can have a lasting uh, damage, can cause lasting damage on the children, and it's something that they have to work through as they become adults. And, and we do. We, we have to make sure that one party or the other isn't selfish and that both people are committed to making the marriage work. I, I agree with you there. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty big question, and it's one that, you know, we're not putting out in the airwaves is, you know, how do we, you know, come from a place of unity and working together to help build society rather than, you know, anyone could be selfish. I mean, that's like the easy-peasy way, way out, you know, but we're not coming up with possible solutions on, you know, why we should work together as a community, as a family, and as a couple. Well, I mean, you can approach it from the religious way, but I don't know how we can draw people back into where religion is a mainstream thing. And yeah. really, I mean, if I sit here and rack my brain, the only other thing I can think of right now is, I know it's, it's for a, from a men's point of view, I'm not, you know, we'd have to look at the women's side as well. But mm-hmm. from a man's point of view, law and family court, has absolutely ha- it has to change it has it it just it just absolutely has to there's there's not very many men that are willing to to go through this i know i would not want to go through what i went through again ever and, right. and thank god i've already had my children and and i'm past that but i i feel really sorry for the people that are having young you know they're just married and they're having young children today and I'm thinking, oh, goodness, I sure hope that the two of you are committed to each other because if it goes sour, it's going to be ugly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a chapter in my book. Um, my book is called Mastering Women, by the way, and you can get it on Amazon ebook and also the, the paperback book. But I have a chapter called The Eight Areas of Divorce Court. So what I want my readers to do is look at those eight areas look at the you know the the failure of the marriage and work backwards in other words before the guy you know pops the question here's the eight areas that you need to be in agreement on and if you're not in agreement with those eight areas um then you shouldn't be popping the question i mean it's as simple as that it's really simple math so if you know if you're disclosed 
how the law works and what to expect in court and all the negativity that goes along with it. And then you can still see your way through that. If you're still on the same page with your, with your intended, you know, more power to you. Bless you and go ahead. Because now you're going in there with open eyes rather than hoping and praying that everything is all going to work out and, you know, we don't want to look at the, the legal aspects of anything because, you know, that's just so unromantic. Definitely, definitely. And and also you have to uh, look at how popular, like you focus a lot more on men's rights. And look look how unpopular that is in this country. Uh, look how negative that's looked upon. And, and then feminism is just widespread broadcast everywhere. You see it everywhere. And this whole I don't need a man. And, and, you know, they're all miserable. They're all mad. They're all angry. But... The men's side of it, when we look at, you know, how, why, like your topic of men turning away from marriage, you look at it, nobody wants to hear about men's, men's rights in this country. No, they they're, don't. They're not interested in, interested in that. And if, you know, it's like, it's like the puppy dog that, you know, you see every day and he wants you to pet him and you kick him every day. Eventually, the dog's not going to want you to pet him either. <laughs> he just, right. He gets tired of it. You're just, you're shooing him away. And this is where we're at now, and, and people need to, you know, like you say, your book has plenty of guidelines and information to avoid a bad situation. Um, you know, your radio show every week, you know, people need to start opening their mind a little bit and listen. And then, you know, men's rights isn't just to simply smash down a woman's rights, you know. No, of it course is not. That, no, but... You know yourself, the minute you mention that to somebody, automatically they're going to assume that you're trying to diminish their rights or a woman's rights. And, and, right. and that's not the case. We just right. want to be equal. We want, especially like from my experience, I want better treatment in the family cards. I have seen so many good men that were in a position that I'm in. They worked hard all their lives. All they wanted to do was take care of their children. And they just let themselves get steamrolled in the family court. And here's this woman, you know, you know, you don't want to judge by appearance, but they look awful. You know that their motive was simply for money, and they get custody of the kids, and them kids suffer, you know, two to ten times more than they would if they would have just been able to go with the father that was wanting to take care of them. Mm-hmm. So that that's that's what. But everybody. Like I said, the minute you mention men's rights, man, they're like, oh, you must hate women. And, and it's just, just absolutely not the case. We want equal and fair treatment as well. Exactly. That's exactly what, how, what my position is. And you're right. There's a lot of people who assume the opposite, that, you know, I can't be supporting men because that must mean that I'm anti-woman, which is far from the case. Yeah. 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 I've, I've had yeah. people that say, Oh, you're in men's right? And I'm like, yeah, I work, and I also work with a radio host who is a female, by chance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a head scratcher. Well, another yes, thing that I'm really concerned about is the children's rights because, you know, they're innocent. They didn't ask for any of this. If one of the parents are being selfish or what have you, they didn't ask for, you know, to be dealt this hand. So, I mean, if I had Linda's perfect world and I had a magic wand, what I would do is I would take um, fertility away, not not fertility, but I would take that, that ability to produce a child away from a child. Um, from the ages of, say, uh, 13, which is generically when puberty happens, to about 25, you know, I wish everybody in that age bracket took contraceptives and just delayed it. So if you want to have free sex and no attachment and no marriage, and not not to say that I'm pro-marriage or I'm not, you know, I'm anti-marriage. I'm not making a stand either way. But I'm saying if you absolutely positively cannot wait for marriage or to be with a partner that you think is going to be a decent lifelong partner and be good for the family, um, then in the meanwhile, use contraceptives 100% of the time. And you know what? 
your brains aren't even finished being built until age 25. Um, you know, why do you think they draft men into the army at age 19? Is because you're very gullible at that age. You're very malleable. They can bend and mold and twist you in the way that they want to twist you, right? Well, with regard to something as, as, um, intense as a marriage can be, I think you should delay the whole thing until at least age 25. So at age 25, you have your full adult cognitive ability and you can make uh, decisions 100% and you're just not operating off of animal instinct and hormones. Um, that would be my wish is to like, you know, shut down the, the fertility during those years. It would solve a lot of problems. But, you know, of course, that's never going to happen. Um, but it would be nice if it did. I know they did a study in uh, in I think in Colorado where they just gave out free contraceptives to teens, and their birth rate, you know, teen pregnancies and out of wedlock birth rate like fell in half. I mean, that's what we need to do. We need to get over our Puritan ways, and you know, let people have access to contraceptives because they're not ready. They're not mature enough or adult enough to have babies. Well, sure. We're, you know, and it's kind of part of our biology, unfortunately, that, you know, in our teen years, those hormones and everything start to develop. And, you know, we don't have that, like you say, that full mental development to control that. And, I mean, how do we regulate? Do we mandate birth control? Or, I mean, something would be nice because, there, like you say, there's children that are suffering. There's abortions always happening. Um, you know, these things, they're just so detrimental to society as a whole. And, it, and the children are growing up damaged, and they're repeating the same process that they were shown in front of them. And, you know, is that where the law steps in? Do, do they mandate something that... Hey, look, we're gonna ha- you're gonna have to remain on some type of birth control until you're this age to protect yourself, to make sure that you're not a burden on society, or you know have some kind of parasitical tendencies that are you know that's detrimental to everybody as a whole. I mean, what do you do? You know, it's it's, it's hard to say. Yeah, it would be very hard to to pass that universally because you know the religious groups are going to chime in and. Everybody else, you know, you can't regulate what somebody does with someone's body. So, I don't know. I mean, in California, we used to have a, a red light uh, ticket cameras. And they did away with those because they said that it was, you know, an invasion of privacy. <laughs> and the reason this came up is because when you got one of those tickets, those red light tickets, they would take a picture of you in that intersection crossing the line and it clearly was you know a red light ticket right well it turned out that one of the drivers the passenger was somebody other than his wife so when the thing came in that when the ticket came in the mail it's like who is this other person sitting next to my husband in this picture so they deemed that that was invasion of privacy I don't know. Well, sure. I think they should have pixelated our... out the, the passenger or whatever. So if they can't even regulate something as easy easy as that, there's no way they're going to regulate, you know, how you they, – they can't – they have no um, way to dictate how you're going to run your body. But I wish they would. So, you know, like they did in Colorado, I think all states should do that. I, I think they made it voluntary. They just said that we have this contraceptive available. It's free you know, come to the office and get it or whatever. And, you know, no questions asked. We're not going to tell your parents. You know, they just made it free and easy for those kids to get, have access to contraceptives. And boy, oh boy, did it work. Yes. You know, that their, their rates dropped 50%. It's huge. Sure. Yeah, and, that, and that's good. And then, But then also you got another catch-22. Then you've got the chance of STDs rising, and it's like, it's like, we can't win. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, think about it. You do. You have, you have that added risk of, well, pregnancy will go down, but there'll be more of, uh, you know, younger uh, children, teenagers 
uh, young adults, uh, you know, partaking in that. And next thing you know, <laughs> STD rates go up. It's like, it's like, how do we fix this? And how do we get not so p- much people or men interested in marriage? How do we get men and women together to get interested in a marriage and being committed for a lifetime to build something together? Yeah, with with regard to STDs, I guess you have to, you know, have all the boys wrap up, so that's their part in the contraceptives. Yeah. <laughs> That'll help yeah. prevent the STDs also. Well, they have access to that now, basically, for not free, but next to free, or even sometimes free, and you see how that goes. So Yeah, I know. We just, we just can't win, <laughs> unfortunately, I know. But, but we do. We do have a problem with men not wanting to marry. We do have a problem with family courts, and we do have a problem with children that are growing up in single parent and broken homes, and it, it's just it's just unfair. It gives them no chance. You know, the children can be way more successful, and there's statistics that show, like you said, that the children will do better in a two parent home. Absolutely, and we've had—I've had a few shows on this topic. I'm sure maybe you have touched on it as well. When the um, dad is absent from that child's life, you know all the negative things that can happen. They drop out of school. They get poor grades. They go to jail. There's more, you know, crime and violence that happen in the communities. I mean, the list just goes on and on. There's like 20 negatives that happen when. Um, that child doesn't have a dad. So, you know, it's just so important. Sure, absolutely. And and there's, you know, for me personally, I believe there's an important role for the father that, you know, so the child learns that, hey, you're going to take some hits, you're going to get knocked down in life, and you have to be able to get back up. And then a mother's natural role of nurturing and caring is to explain, well, you know, this is why your father's trying to teach you this because, you know, life can be difficult. If you don't, if you're missing one of those factors, you can grow up bitter, angry, violent, and end up in prison. And I think there's even statistics somewhere in the mid 60% that the men in prison are from single mother homes. And it's, it's yes. just, you know, you're going to miss out a lot when you're missing one or the other. Both are very integral to each other. Absolutely. Now, you're one of the lucky parents where you as the dad has custody. Uh, are you introducing a female, um, you know, presence in the in the kids' lives to help them, you know, fill in the gaps? Maybe an aunt or a grandma or someone else that you trust who's a female that, you know, your kids can be around. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I personally have a, a significant other that, you know, who is here not full-time, but part of the time and is coming into their lives and is sharing, you know, being that she's a you know, female. Mm-hmm. And I have two daughters. It's good for them to get that exposure to her. And, you know, I believe in her, you know, being a genuine, honest woman, that she has a genuine interest in their well-being. And it's good that they have that influence from her because every day it's dad, dad, dad. And then... You know, these two girls are like two teenage boys come Friday, and then come Saturday, if she happens to be here, it's like, oh, y'all, okay, y'all can go go do girl stuff or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, and it gives them that, that break from that, just that male influence constantly. And I've, I've really worried about that, that I've wanted them to have that, that positive female influence in their life. And they, they do get it on a part-time basis, you know, in and out, you know, just a couple of days yeah. a week or whenever. But I think it's healthy for them. I want them to have that. I've, I, I, you know, unfortunately, I wanted that from their mother. And, you know, things didn't work out seven years ago. And, and there was an infidelity and, and, and just there wasn't a genuine interest in being married on one person's part. So, you know, we had to part ways. And I tried and tried and tried and, and it, it's been hard for me because the quality of women there there are good genuine women out there but even for me it's hard to find that it's hard to find that somebody says well i understand you're a single dad and 
you know, I, you know, you can accommodate me when you can. And it's been difficult for me to find somebody that fits in well with that. Of course, I do have that, but it's been very difficult. I, I can imagine. Absolutely. I'm, I'm glad that she is in your daughter's lives. That's, that's really terrific. I mean, you know, there are things that women bring to the table that, you know, the, the girls just don't want to get from their dad. Uh, you know, maybe they want to talk about a boyfriend or somebody they really like or whatever. You just don't want to talk about this kind of stuff with your dad, you know. Or, you know, they've go- they're going through so many changes with their bodies uh, while they're teenagers. And, you know, it'd be nice to have somebody that comforts them that says, oh, yes, I know what you're going through and this is what to expect and here's what's going on with that and here's what's- what the meaning of this is. You know, it's... You know, or just even fun times, maybe to go shopping or get your nails done together. You know, women need that bonding, too. So I'm happy to hear that you've, you've got uh, a great lady in your life that can, even on a part-time basis, it's still better than nothing. So I'm happy to hear that they have a little bit of that exposure. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's, it's worth gold to me because they have been deprived of it for, you know, so long. And, and, and there has been, you know cases of maybe one or other two two other people that came in and you know it's the same deal it's like i don't want to introduce too many people into their lives but there have been times i've tried to make relationships work and as a single dad and having to provide for them first that has caused some selfishness or something to arise on the other person's part where things just didn't work out and i'm like you've got to be kidding me i mean all i'm you know and this is another reason why men just aren't into, they're not into the marriage much because, you know, a woman comes along and it's, they, you find out this isn't what they really want and, and they just, you know, you go your way and they go theirs. And I, I'm so grateful when I do have that influence in their life from someone genuine. I love that. So what advice would you give to young men today who are considering marriage? They haven't popped the question yet, but they're considering it. You know, everybody seems to, like, go into a relationship with their best foot forward, but there's no telling what they're going to end up to be like in, you know, two years, five years, ten years down the line. What advice would you give in hindsight for somebody like that? Well, to start off with a young man getting married, Say he's got no children. There's no no nothing vested there. Just two people looking to get married. You know, it's like a job for me. It'd be almost like a job interview. Where where do you see yourself in in five years, ten years, fifteen years, twenty years? What part of the country would you want to live in? Do you you know is it that important that you have to be right near a family member, or I have to be near a family member? Uh, do you prefer city living, country living? You know, all these things you know, have to come into play, you know, do you want to buy a home, do you want to buy a condominium, you know, what kind of education do you have, what, uh, you know, what are your expectations from me as a spouse, and here's my expectations from you as a spouse, you know, all kinds of things, you know, do you want children, how many, you know, all of these things have to come into play, uh, you know, and you really have to sit and think of all these things that you might not think of think of off the top of your head, and that's why, like, your book or online resources, you know, check and see. You know, you could just go and Google, you know, requirements to a better marriage or anything like that, you know, or look, like I said, look in your book and, and, and see all these different things that you could be faced with down the line and try to prepare beforehand, before you propose marriage, to have a successful marriage. Absolutely. Those are some really good questions, and I wish they were questions that, um, you know, the the ministers would would give to their parishioners. And I wish it were questions like when you apply for that marriage license, why don't they give you a questionnaire to see if you guys are even on the same page? They do nothing. I mean, you just throw your money down, they sign the form, and off you go. I mean, it's really... There is more work involved to get a driver's license than to get a marriage license, and I think that there's something seriously wrong with that. 
I mean, a driver's license, you have to read the book, you have to read the manual, you have to come back and take the test, and then you have to come back and take a practical test as well. Um, there's none of that with regard to a marriage license. I mean, who are we kidding here? It's no wonder that the odds are 50-50% chance of, you know, getting a divorce. Yeah, and, and like you said, you know, there's not much you can mandate, but maybe if states did start, um, and I don't know, I haven't even looked myself personally, but I don't know if any do, that would require some kind of pre, you know, like, counseling before they will issue a marriage license. I mean, something. Put some kind of effort into making sure that the two people applying for the marriage license are compatible, that it's going to work for them. I mean, it could still fail, obviously, but something has to be done. Something has to be done to get marriage uh, men more into marriage and also maybe even women, and that it's also successful. I mean, there's, there's three different topics almost within this one topic right so even if the county has no vested interest in what the answers to those questions are if they just give you the form the questionnaire even that would be okay with me it's something better than nothing you know let's say the form has i don't know 100 questions on there now what you do with that form what you do with the answers that's you know on the two of you but if they just give you the form that would be a really big head start Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I wish that I had been asked questions and, you know, prior to me getting married, somebody said, hey, wait a minute, you want to stop and think here for a minute, buddy? But, you know, no, I was young. I I actually had already had one child that was three months old. I, I thought I was doing the right thing. You know, I went and made the commitment. And, you know, like I said, I thought I was doing the right thing. I was just going to work hard and provide and then, of course, as 10 years into the marriage, here it is, I had two daughters uh, after my after my son. And it's like, well, then later on, it fell apart. And then when I stop and think, I look back to the beginning, and I'm like, well, you know what? This marriage really was one-sided. I mean, I was the only one that ever really worked. There you go. Joe, I'm sorry we're running out of time here. We have about... Five, five, six seconds left. Tell people how to reach you on your show, and we'll wrap up the show. The Only Men's Advocate at gmail.com or The Man's Advocate at Praxi. All right. Okay, that was Joe Jones, and uh, we'll catch you each and every Wednesday right here at The Men's Advocate Show, 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Bye for now. We'll continue this topic next week. We'll see you on the Men's Advocate Show. Thank you, Joe.